Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show, Tuesday edition. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show just finished. Want to give you an update right off the top. I will do this show tomorrow. I'll give you all my gambling picks. We finished 9-2 and two on the week. I hope a lot of you made substantial sums of money if you followed the picks. I hope Fade the Picks guy was bankrupted. Um, and we are going to be... Uh, live with the Clay and Buck Show Thursday and Friday in Austin. I then will be on Big Noon kickoff with the crew for the Alabama-Texas game down in Austin. So if any of you are going to be down in Austin, uh, I get in Wednesday night. We'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Go to the game, fly back. Lots of excitement. Going to be an awesome game. Early preview for the Texas introduction to the SEC. And it should be. Somewhat interesting game. Bama's 20-point favorite. I'll have my gambling picks up either late tonight or early Wednesday, as I always do. Uh, A couple of sports news right off the top. Uh, Clemson beat Georgia Tech last night. uh, Managed to cover. I do not believe that Clemson is elite as a program any longer. I was on with my friends uh, the next round live. uh, Jim Dunaway, uh, Lance Taylor, and... uh, uh, and, uh, and, and, and that crew. And so the question that was out there uh, was, are Clemson or is Clemson still, Ryan Brown, by the way, uh, is the third guy there. Is Clemson still considered to be elite? I don't think so. In fact, I think based on week one, there are only two really elite programs, uh, Georgia and Alabama. They finished playing for the national championship last year, and I think they are still the two best programs, and there may be a substantial drop-off after that right now. Maybe Ohio State, maybe Clemson, maybe Michigan, maybe Florida, who knows? There are other programs that can climb their way up as the season progresses. But based on week one, there are only two truly elite teams that I saw play, Alabama and Georgia. Now, Alabama was against Utah State. If you're an Ohio State fan, you can say, wait a minute, we beat a top five team in Notre Dame by double digits. I wasn't very impressed by Notre Dame in general, frankly. Uh, And Clemson against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech should have covered that game if they were remotely competent. That game should have been somewhat close. It was not. Not that the AP poll matters very much, if at all, If you want to know how bad the polling can be, Tennessee's a seven-point favorite on the road against Pitt, even though Pitt is ranked substantially higher than them. Baylor is a top-ten team, and they are a road underdog against BYU. Polls are mostly worthless. Uh, But Florida surges all the way up to number 12. Alabama is now number two. Uh, Sorry, number uh, Georgia is now number two behind Alabama, who is number one. Uh, We've got um, uh, number three, Ohio State. Then Clemson at number four, not sold on them. A&M, number five, not sold on A&M right now. 
Oklahoma six, not sold on Oklahoma. Baylor at number seven. As I said before, I am not a huge believer in them. Number eight, Notre Dame, also not a believer. Uh, And then we have uh, USC at number 10. Sorry, Oklahoma was seven. Baylor was nine. Anyway, you can go look at the top 25. To me, two really good teams, Alabama, Georgia. I would have Georgia number one overall after week one because of the quality of their win over Oregon and the quality of Stetson Bennett's play. Gambling picks will be up soon. I want to hit this story because it's like a lot of people are pretending it didn't exist. South Carolina women's basketball coach Dawn Staley has been very successful as a women's basketball coach. Congratulations to her for the program that she has built at South Carolina. But her decision to pull her women's basketball series against BYU over the BYU volleyball incident is completely indefensible. There has been zero corroborating evidence at all from any of the 5,700 people who were inside that BYU volleyball game against Duke that any racial slurs were uttered by anyone during the entire match between BYU and Duke. In fact, all of the evidence suggests that this story is made up, that it is Jussie Smollett on a volleyball court. You know that the evidence supports that this is all made up because there hasn't been a single video and you know every single person would have uh, a phone just about in that audience and there's no audio that can be heard anywhere. Again, the allegation that racial racial slurs were being used while a women's uh, black volleyball player was serving appear to be 100% made up. There is zero substance to support them other than this girl claiming it. There appears to be zero corroborating evidence. It is Jussie Smollett on a a volleyball court in Utah. Despite that fact, Dawn Staley decided that she would not allow her women's basketball program to play a home-and-home series against BYU because of the mere allegation unsupported by corroborating evidence that someone may have used a racial slur inside of a women's volleyball game. This is indefensible, okay? This is social justice warrior posturing. This is social media absurdity. This is the problem with mob rule in a woke universe. Someone like Dawn Staley makes this decision, and I bet OutKick is the only site that will cover this and will point out that this probably did not happen, that it is Jussie Smollett on a volleyball court, and yet you have a decision which is ultimately going to harm BYU women's basketball players who had nothing to do with this incident at all, and it's harming BYU because they would like to play against South Carolina because of the elite basketball program that Dawn Staley has built, I'm assuming this is a very good measuring stick for the BYU program to have a game and a series like this. So ultimately, Dawn Staley reacts to what is probably, based on all the evidence, a made-up story, and BYU, for days, if not weeks, gets accused of being a racist school, and as all of the evidence is being brought to bear, and as all of the evidence is examined, 
it appears there was no racial incident. Now, let me be clear. Don't be dumb, right? Don't be racist. Don't be racist. Easy rule. Judge people based on things other than their race. Treat everyone equally. Content of their character as opposed to the color of their skin. But also, don't then use fake racism allegations to destroy BYU's reputation and then to take away their basketball team and their opportunity to be able to play against South Carolina and win powerful people. And make no mistake, Dawn Staley is a powerful person in college athletics. When a powerful person makes a choice like this, then call them out. Hold them accountable. The University of South Carolina should be embarrassed by this behavior. I'm not sure, frankly, I don't know what the contracts are that were potentially signed by South Carolina and BYU, but I'd be inclined to sue if I was BYU because your program is losing out based on this decision. Now, I know what they're probably saying inside of BYU. They're like, we don't want to prolong this story any more than it's already existed. But I disagree here. If your fan base was not in the wrong, if they did not do what the media overwhelmingly reported that they did, then you need to stand up for your fan base and fight for them and file a lawsuit and actually make Dawn Staley explain what her basis is for this decision. And I think South Carolina would lose because I don't believe that the evidence would support that South Carolina can just break an existing contract with BYU. Bigger picture. We got to stop with this ridiculous identity politics where we decide whether we believe someone or not based on their race, their gender, their sexuality, whatever it might be. There's a reason Lady Justice is blind. And lest we forget Duke has already had major stories like these blow up in their faces when they've made this decision before. Do you remember Duke lacrosse? When a majority white Duke lacrosse team, everyone presumed at Duke that they were lying and shut down the whole season, shut down the entire program, and it turned out that the Duke lacrosse guys were 100% telling the truth and that all of the allegations against them were lies. Do you remember that? Black women claimed they were sexually assaulted. White guys on Duke were 100% to blame. Facts didn't matter. Well, now you have a black woman claiming that a racial slur was used against her and people are only believing her because of her race and her gender, not in any way believing what all of the evidence would suggest. How is Duke still getting it wrong by still going with identity politics over facts? We've got to stop this all over the country and what Dawn Staley is doing and what Duke is doing and what the vast majority of people in the mainstream media covering this from a sports perspective are doing is flat out wrong and it needs to be called out. And it speaks to why OutKick is growing so rapidly that we were the only sports site to cover this. And I bet I will be the only sports media member with a substantial audience that you will see anywhere calling out Dawn Staley for what she's doing to BYU 
and for the choice, which is wholly unsupported by the evidence that she made to end this basketball game and deprive everybody at BYU of being able to continue to play for their school and continue the lie, Jussie Smollett on the back, on the volleyball court, that somehow this girl had been uh, racially maligned during the course of the game. All the evidence supports that it is a lie. It is zero corroborating evidence for it. The fact that Dawn Staley would buy the lie and the fact that she would react to the lie is indefensible at an institution of higher learning like South Carolina. This is an embarrassment to the entire university. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, all right. Bunch of different stories. This is, this is an awful story. I can't stop reading about it, however. Like many of you, I have been following the case of Eliza Fletcher. If you're not familiar with Eliza Fletcher and what appears to have happened, I'm going to give you a rough background. Eliza Fletcher was a talented marathoner, strong enough at marathon running that she had qualified for the Boston Marathon. If you are a runner in the South in the summer, many runners get up very early in the morning to go on their long runs because it gets overwhelmingly hot later in the day and it's hard to go on long runs. My wife does this. With many of her girlfriends, they get up early in the morning here in Nashville. They go out as a group on long runs on Saturday or Sundays. They've been doing it for years. Then they can go run half marathons. I think some of them run marathons. It's not uncommon in the South for runners to be up early in the morning trying to get their run in. Eliza Fletcher is a mom, I believe, of two young boys, school teacher, married, is up early in the morning for a run in the Memphis area, running near the University of Memphis at around 4.30 in the morning. Now, some people are like, oh my God, that's so early. I can tell you, I got up super early in the morning to do my radio show for a long time. And as I would drive into the studio uh, for my morning radio show, I would see groups of people out running in the summer, early in the morning, because they're trying to avoid the heat of the South, okay? And also from a pure time perspective, if you have young kids and you need to go on a two and a half or three hour run in order to be back, getting them ready for school, getting up with them to start your day, a lot of people feel like that's what they have to do. So that's the background here. She was attacked in what appears to be a completely random act of violence. She was attacked, she was kidnapped, and she was murdered by a guy who is a serial felon that should have never been out of prison. The Speaker of the Tennessee House, Cameron Sexton, reached out to me and said that they recently passed a bill that would not allow violent criminals like this man 
to have been out on the street to murder this woman, Eliza Fletcher. We've got a major crime issue in this country. And unfortunately, there are all sorts of people like Eliza Fletcher out there. This story, because it was a young mom who was a school teacher, who was completely innocent of any wrongdoing and was preyed upon by a violent felon who should have been behind bars still, strikes many of us as emblematic of the failures of our modern safety in the country today. And that is because, and I want everybody to listen to me carefully, we have decided that violent predators are being too unfairly treated and so we are letting them out of prison. That's wrong. Being concerned about punishments is a luxury of a low-crime environment. We are not living in a low-crime environment right now. There are thousands of Eliza Fletchers all over this country who are dead today because their violent criminal perpetrators were allowed to be on the streets raining havoc upon them, and it has to stop, and it has to stop right now. We have to stop any more of these Eliza Fletchers. Cameron Sexton, Tennessee House, says they have passed a new bill that would keep everybody who is convicted of a violent crime in jail for the length of their crimes. And we got to do that all over the country. We've got to stop allowing this Eliza Fletcher story to happen anywhere in the country. Again, maybe it strikes me because it's my same state, because my wife regularly is out on jogs, just like Eliza Fletcher is and was. And there could have been any number of people, I bet all over the Memphis uh, area, who are uh, women joggers out there, maybe even some men as well, who could have been the victim here. And this is unacceptable, and we have to stop it from happening. Violent criminals need to be behind bars. The one thing that Joe Biden probably got right in his entire political career was the 1994 crime bill, which increased punishment and allowed police to do their jobs. we got to get more police on the streets. We need to fund the police, not defund them. And we need violent criminals to be put behind bars and kept behind bars for the rest of their lives. We cannot allow them to prey upon the innocent all over this country. Um, so prayers, thoughts to the family of Eliza Fletcher, to the friends of Eliza Fletcher, to anybody out there, let's make sure that her life is not in vain and that we protect as many people as we can from violent acts being perpetrated by predators like what happened to her. Um, Look, the media is lying about COVID. Uh, uh, Dr. Fauci said today, hey, we've already got five COVID shots out there, but now the COVID shot is going to become like the flu shot Every year, you're going to have to go get a new COVID shot. Remember when they told you, get two shots, you'll neither get nor spread COVID, and they tried to call it a vaccine, and then they lied about it when it started to spread and, uh, and, and tried to claim that it wasn't happening? Well, now they've essentially acknowledged that the COVID shots are, for the most part, worthless. They provide a couple of months of protection right after you get them. There's some evidence that suggests that the more COVID shots you get, actually the more likely you are to get COVID. Um, But we're now to the point where COVID is like the flu. You can get a flu shot every year if you so choose. And some years I have done that, right? If you make the choice that you want to get a flu shot, you can. 
But for the vast majority of people, they don't get flu shots. And now COVID is the new flu shot to the point where uh, uh, Ashish Jha, who is the COVID advisor in the White House, actually said, this is why God gave us two arms so that you can get a COVID shot in one arm and a flu shot in the other. This is, I believe, criminal behavior. I think it should be investigated as criminal behavior on the part of pharmacy companies. Joe Biden claimed that we beat Big Pharma. Yet you gave Big Pharma tens of billions of dollars in profits and said no American can sue over the COVID shots, even though they don't work. You all lied to us. If that's beating Big Pharma, I got a bridge I'd like to sell you. But the media has lied about COVID. Uh, Now we are to the point where it's basically a COVID shot, like the flu shot. It's not a vaccine. It doesn't stop you from getting or uh, or prevent you from spreading COVID. And it's an absolute embarrassment that we have allowed this to occur and that the media has colluded with big government to try to stop the vast majority of you from being able to hear the truth on the COVID shots over the last year and a half. Uh, All right, a couple of other things. Uh, This story is fun. Uh, Gavin Newsom's in-laws. This is the mother and father-in-law of Gavin Newsom. Uh, They donated $5,000 to Ron DeSantis. That's funny. Because Gavin Newsom, if you've been wondering, why is Gavin Newsom so angry at Ron DeSantis? It's clearly because his own in-laws think that Ron DeSantis has done a better job of being governor than he has. But not only did they donate reportedly $5,000 to Ron DeSantis, Gavin Newsom's in-laws also moved to the state of Florida. So if you're out there and you're in California and you're like, I hate every decision that Gavin Newsom is making because it's not supported statistically by science at all. First of all, you're right. Everything that Gavin Newsom did was wrong compared to Ron DeSantis. How about... The mother and father-in-law, the grandparents of Gavin Newsom's own kids, moved from California to Florida because they were so fed up with how their son-in-law was managing COVID. That's perfect, and it helps to explain why Gavin Newsom has been so triggered by Ron DeSantis. Because deep down in his heart, he has to be smart enough to look at the data and realize that everything he did in California was for naught, and that what he should have done was everything that Ron DeSantis did, which is keep kids in school and ensure that they don't miss schooling. Data came out, and I want to read this to all of you uh, because I think it's so significant and it'll get buried otherwise, but data is now out that test results show the pandemic's effect on U.S. students. Notice what they're trying to say, the pandemic's effect. It's not the pandemic's effect. It's the effect of choosing to shut down schools, listening to blue state governors, blue state mayors, blue state congressmen and senators, and also listening to the teachers' unions. The math and reading scores of nine-year-olds dropped steeply, erasing two decades of progress. Democrats were wrong on everything surrounding COVID. All of it. Two months from now, has to be a reckoning on their futility as it pertains to COVID. It must, 100% must be the case that they are held accountable for what they did to our kids 
and for the fact that they still want people walking around to have masks on because they got it all wrong. A couple of more details. Math scores fell for the first time in the history going back to the 1970s. Um, And it hit all regions of the country and affected students of all races with, no surprise here, students of color seeing some of the steepest decreases. They failed. Joe Biden gave his ridiculous speech. Uh, If you haven't missed it, Joe Biden, absurd, indefensible speech that he gave on Thursday night. I was up in Knoxville watching the uh, Tennessee Ball State game, so I did not uh, get a chance to watch this speech live. Uh, But I went back and I watched it, and Joe Biden's speech has been almost universally condemned by those who watched it. Uh, in particular, this is a Trafalgar, uh, a uh, poll that they just ran. Uh, 57% of Americans believe that Biden's speech represented a dangerous escalation in rhetoric and is designed to incite conflict among Americans. Just 35% of people said it's acceptable campaign messaging to be expected in an election year. of people were not sure. It's the worst speech by the worst president in any of our lives. Uh, Donald Trump, whatever you think of him, was an infinitely better president than Joe Biden. The Biden White House on the border, on crime, on inflation, on basic management of our country, not to mention Ukraine and Afghanistan, has been an unmitigated disaster And that was, in my opinion, the worst speech of the worst president of any of our lives. Hunter Biden, laptop investigation. Great story with Miranda Devine. She's going to be on the Clay and Buck show later this week. The FBI, according to her sources, covered up the Hunter Biden laptop and the investigation, trying to prevent any charges from being brought associated with Hunter Biden in any aspects of the laptop investigation. You can go to my Twitter feed and read that linked story in the New York Post. Uh, That decision to collude with big tech and big government actually changed the outcome, I believe, of the 2020 election standing alone by itself. We don't even need anything else to have occurred to swing that election. Uh, Finally, I'm not going to spend a ton of time dealing with the Mar-a-Lago investigation because I think it's entirely political. I think it's effectively now entrenched warfare. But from a legal perspective, a district court has effectively argued that the Department of Justice doesn't have the authority to hold on to these documents that they seized and that they also cannot overcome an executive privilege argument from Trump. I presume the Department of Justice will appeal to the 11th Circuit Uh, And again, we're inside of 60 days basically until the election. So I don't think anything else is going to come in a substantial way uh, from this decision. But it's going to be a subplot of the entirety of 2023. I am convinced that is where we are headed. So I appreciate all of you. I will have my gambling picks up a little bit later today or early tomorrow morning. Hope all of you enjoyed riding with them. I'll be down in Austin, Texas, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights. Look forward to seeing many of you down there for the Alabama-Texas game. 
And as always, DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, this has been OutKick, the show.